The actions may include any of the following. Shouting, swearing, flailing, grabbing, punching, kicking, jumping, leaping. Leaping. That sounds scary. <laughs> Sleep leafing. How many lords are leaping? Seven? I don't know. Wow. <laughs> wow. What? Your, your mind went from sleep fighting to 12 days of Christmas. Well, yeah. That, where else do you hear the word leaping? I don't know, but my mind didn't go 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Parks and Rewatch. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Joy. And today we are diving into season two, episode 22, Telethon. Dun, dun, so before we get to the episode of the day and diving into that, should we take a minute to talk about Patreon? Oh, sure. Go ahead. If you're one of our patrons already, you've probably already seen this, but we've made some changes to the way our patron tiers work. Some pretty exciting stuff. And uh, basically just as we've been finding our groove as a show and planning for more bonus content for patrons and things in the future, we decided to streamline how the tiers work. Um, and, and we're really excited about it. So basically, uh, if you go and support us on Patreon, if you've been thinking about becoming a patron, now at our Pawnee Ranger tier, our $3 tier, in addition to getting the show notes for every episode, you also get the standard video versions of each That's podcast. Right. You get a link to the video versions of our regular podcast, which is really exciting. It's quite and entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, seeing it on video sometimes is a lot of fun, like especially when my dog adds up or <laughs> we want to show off props on screen. Uh, you just get some added levels of goodness, I think, that you don't uh, get with just the audio version. So that's exciting. At our at our very first tier, our entry-level tier of Pawnee Ranger, you can get the video versions of our podcast now. And the Pawnee Goddess tier has been beefed up to the max. I'm very excited about that one. So... In our Pawnee Goddess tier, you get all the extra stuff now. You get not only the uncut audio versions of our podcast, but also the full uncut video versions of our podcast. You get all the access to our live show recordings and future fun stuff we're going to do. You know, all our bonus content that we're going to make is going to live in the Pawnee Goddess tier. The Swanson tier still does exist, but there are no extra benefits to that higher tier. And we did that on purpose we we left that tier there for those of you who just really still want to throw your full weight behind the show and believe me for that we are incredibly grateful i mean it is insane to me that that you swansons support us on that level but look we understand there's a pandemic going on right now times are tough it just means the world that any of you want to support us at all. And so Joy and I talked about it and we felt really good about letting all our bonus content live in that Pawnee Goddess tier to make it more accessible for you to get all of the extra stuff we create, both backwards and forwards. So if you are in the Pawnee Goddess tier, if you haven't noticed yet, you now have all the access to the bonus content that you didn't have access to going all the way back to the beginning of our Patreon and going forward. All the bonus stuff, all the behind the scenes stuff, everything we make is going to live in that tier. Uh, so really, there has never been a better time than now to head over to our Patreon and check out our tiers. There's a lot of goodness over there and there's going to be even more in the future. So, in today's episode, Leslie hosts a local telethon to raise money for a diabetes charity and gets former Indiana Pacer Detlef Shrimp as a celebrity guest. Tom is in charge of getting Detlef to the telethon in time for his slot, and Mark has big plans for his relationship with Anne. It is a jam-packed episode. Let me tell you, I did so much research, and I, I totally geeked out about it. I got super Very excited. excited for the deep dives today. All right, so we're starting it off with behind-the-scenes trivia stuff. Um, Wikipedia and IMDb are fantastic this week because they saved me a lot of research. So thank you, IMDb. Thank you, Wikipedia. Um, so Wikipedia said that Telethon was directed by Troy Miller and was written by Amy Poehler, who stars as Leslie. Um, it was the first episode she had written for the show, which I think is really cool. Yeah. 
She yeah, I wrote didn't know this that. episode. Um, Polar said the scenes in which Leslie uses sugar rushes to re-energize herself at night, only to crash later, was reminiscent of some of her own all-night experiences working on Saturday Night Live. That's a that's a great detail, and I think that sometimes it just lends that extra bit of goodness to writing when writers inject their own life experiences into shows like that. Oh, for sure. IMDb said the piece that Jerry plays during the telethon is Waltz in A-flat major, opus 39, number 15 by Brahms. Thank (laughs) you, whoever submitted that to IMDb. IMDb, I have like several from IMDb, so... Uh, when debating on whether to propose to Anne, Mark asks someone behind the camera what he should do. This marks one of the few instances in the entire show where a character directly acknowledges the documentary crew, which we've oh, talked about interesting. before. Yeah, we talked about that with The Office, how The Office acknowledges the documentary crew as more of a character and it's more of an implied thing with Parks and Rec. So this is a kind of an interesting out of character moment. Yeah. During the telethon, Donna calls her brother George, who's visiting their uncle in Liberia. Retta is the former is the niece of former Liberian president Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, who was also the first elected female head of state in Africa, and she was president during the episode's original airing. What? I know. I saw that, and I was like, shoot. She That's just, wild. Like, it just adds to the intrigue, not only of Retta, but also of Donna. Yeah, I was going to say, this detail almost makes it more difficult to separate Donna from Retta. I know. Because they just they feel like the lot. same person. Yeah, I haven't watched a whole lot of stuff that Retta's been in. So my experience yeah. with her is Parks and Rec. So Yeah. Um, Wikipedia said that in order to stall for time during the telethon, Leslie starts talking about her favorite episodes of Friends, a sitcom that previously aired on NBC. She specifically referred to the fourth season episode, the one with Chandler in a box, which Monica Geller prepares a Thanksgiving dinner. Chandler Bing agrees to spend the holiday in a box as punishment for kissing Joey Trebani's girlfriend. I've never seen Friends, and I'm sure a bunch of you are going to be pissed at me for saying that, and I'm okay with that. I've come to terms and come to peace with myself for just not liking watching things. Yeah, I, I've i seen episodes of Friends. Um, my wife loves the show. I know other people that love the show. I It's just too much, like, 90s for me. Um, just the, the fashion, the aesthetic, I, I can't get into it for some reason. I just, I, I just can't it, like, it definitely has funny moments and I, I can absolutely understand the phenomenon that it was, but I just can't get into it personally. Tiny puppy shoes can be a thing though. I'm not quite sure if they're shinable. Um, I found silicone ones, rubber ones, nylon ones, fleece ones. The world is basically your oyster. There's this website called alldogboots.com, oh and they my. have zip-up shoes, converse-type shoes, strappy sandals, little booties, mesh sandals, and so much more. So uh, have fun with that. Go check out alldogboots.com. That just feels cruel to me. You know? I mean, in my experience, dogs do not like wearing shoes. Uh, and there's very little, very little practical reason you would ever have a dog wear shoes. I mean, if little puppy booties are your thing, have fun. <laughs> I'm not participating. <laughs> Jones co-host Martin in the episode imitated both Nixon by saying I'm not a crook and John Carson, Johnny Carson, which he said weird, wacky stuff, which both of them just felt like he was trying way too hard. And I rolled my eyes and I was like, whatever. Yeah, Moving yeah. On. Okay, here's a bunch of Detlef Schrem fast facts. He was born in uh, Leverkusen, Germany. On G- I probably said that horribly. I, um, I was going to say, I'm going to let you handle all the German pronunciation here because I have zero experience with German. Lev- Le- Le- Lever- mm. Le- <laughs> Leverkusen, Germany. On January 21st, 1963, internet says he has an estimated net worth of $5 million. Um, Detlef in the media. He was on three episodes of Parks and Rec, Telethon, Lil Sebastian, which is season three, episode 16. We are so close to the Lil Sebastian episode. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I know. And by so close, I mean like three months away. (laughs) 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 And he's in uh, season four, episode two, Ron and Tammy's. He made a cameo appearance on Married with Children, which was a long-running Fox sitcom that was on air from 87 to 97 follows the life of Al Bundy, a former high school football player who's now a shoe salesman in his family, ran for 259 episodes in 11 seasons, which is pretty impressive. 
He had appearances in the German soap opera Gute Zeiten, Schlechte Zeiten, which means good times, bad times, which was based on the Australian show The Restless Years. Um, the German version started in 1992 and was housed in a fictional Berlin neighborhood. He also played or portrayed himself in five TV shows and a documentary. So that's fun. He's had a pretty prolific career. He has. In the sports, he played from 85 to 89 with Dallas Mavericks, uh, from 89 to 93 with the Pacers, 94 to 99 with the Seattle Supersonics, 99 to 2001 with the Portland Trailblazers. So in the episode, he presents the $5,000 check from the Debt Left Trump Foundation, which is a real thing. It was founded in 1996. And it is a nonprofit charitable organization focused on supporting organizations that provide hope, care, and assistance to children and families of the Northwest. Their current initiative is Erase the Hate. So there's a lot of cool swag and information on that on debtleft.com. So go check Very that out. Cool. So far, I've told you to check out two things. <laughs> puppy booties and debtleft.com. Uh, <laughs> for my money, you can skip the puppy booties. <laughs> Okay, so Leslie sleeps for 22 hours. So I did a bunch of research on oversleeping, also known as long sleeping. Normal amount of sleep for adults between ages 18 to 64 is 7 to 9 hours. Which is interesting because in Season 3, Episode 8, Camping, Leslie actually gets a full night of sleep, which Mm -hmm. isn't normal for her. Like, we found out that she doesn't need a ton of sleep. Um, Cora.com, Q-U-O-R-A, had some interesting answers to the question... (laughs) Quote, is it possible that I can sleep continuously for 24 hours? All right. These are normal human responses, so please enjoy them. I will read them exactly as they are written. (laughs) Jerry Sorrell, former sergeant administrative specialist at U.S. Air Force from 66 to 70, answered in February of 2018... I once went a long time sleeping no sleep or very little. I came home on a Friday and decided I needed to crash. Went to bed at 6 p.m. and woke up Saturday at 2 p.m. for a total of 20 hours straight. I woke finally feeling refreshed. While it's true that sleeping too much can leave you weak, there's a Goldilocks not too much, not too little that you should sleep. 24 hours should be a rare, maybe once in a lifetime event. Without any medical expertise, I'll venture it's what makes you sleep or need to sleep. That marathon of a time that is worse than actual amount of time sleeping. You're talking coma or major depression. It's not something that should be on a bucket list to sleep 24 hours. So any of you who have that on their bucket list, go ahead and just take it off. (laughs) That's what Jerry says. Frank Hazu, um, a former disability worker nursing assistant, answered on May May 24th of 2018. "Uh, My answer is similar to Jerry's. I have insomnia and always find it hard to get a good night's sleep. I do, however, take a sleeping tablet to help me, but I try not to take them all the time. I used to know someone who took three tablets a night. However, one night, about 20 years ago, his flat caught fire and he was burnt to death. So never overdose like that. (sighs) A few years ago, I took two tablets one night instead of my normal one. I think I actually overdosed that night, in parentheses. I was desperate for sleep after having so many bad nights sleep. Anyway, I had my first and only 18 hours sleep. I don't remember waking up to go to the toilet, and I usually get up once or twice. I've never felt so awake, alert with it, normal, just wonderfully awake after a very good sleep. So that is how you may end up feeling. But on other occasions when I've had too much sleep, I've woken up with a bad headache. But do remember, that was a once-only thing for me. If it was an ongoing thing where I slept for 18 hours every day, I would need to see a doctor because that's not normal. In fact, by now, I would probably be dead because too much sleeping has consequences. So there you go. Steven um, Ram Ramstatler said, you end up being a loser. <laughs> That's his answer. That's it. Wow. Bum, ba-dum. An intro to tech etiquette. Because the tech etiquette in this episode made me angry. I imagined it would. <laughs> so Leslie's talking head where she's like, I feel great. Everything's running smoothly. She's at the soundboard, which... If this really is a live telethon that's going for 24 hours straight, there's no way Leslie would be in the sound booth because there would be somebody there running sound. Mm-hmm. Who would probably be like, get out! If right. you were just messing around in there. Oh my gosh. Again, with the clipboard mouth scene, the headsets for the audio engineer and the video switcher guy are just sitting there. Like, no, <laughs> this is... No, it is live. You can tell from the monitors around. Like, get with the program. Leslie's sleeping in the control room on the video comm station at 
1.44 a.m., there should be a person sitting there. Like, that's the shader station. That's where the person is turning up and down the brightness on the camera. That's a valuable position, especially when light is potentially changing. And there's a comm station on top of it, the headset that everybody talks through. And that's not plugged in or on either. So we have so many issues here. Um, there would be so much talking and action in that room. Like, there's no mm-hmm. way Leslie would have been, first of all, sleeping in there. And second of all, doing a talking head in there during the mouse rat segment. Like, the audio engineer has to hear what's yeah. going on on the sound stage because that's what the audio engineer is mixing. The engineer's mixing for what you hear at home. And it was silent in there. There's no way that was happening. And then in other shots, like, okay, let's assume maybe there's a backup sound room somewhere. There's not, because in other shots, there's people working the soundboard like they should be. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So, like, there's somebody sitting at the video switcher, and they're constantly going, ready one, take. Ready two, take. All right, camera three, do this. And, kind of, and then, like, boom, boom up, and boom down, and push in, and okay, come around. Like, it's constant talking. So, anyway, if you're ever at a live recording, don't do a talking head interview in the sound booth. Please and thank you. (laughs) The techies will look at you and figure out how to sabotage everything you're doing. They'll they'll murder you with their Gerbers. (laughs) Yes, I'm glad we agreed. Gerbers. (laughs) All right, so I did a whole bunch of research on sleep fighting because Ron says he has it, and it's a real thing. So (laughs) sleepeducation.org says... REM sleep behavior disorder, RBD, um, is a parasomnia. It involves undesired events that happen while sleeping. RBD occurs when you act out vivid dreams as you sleep. These dreams are often filled with action. They may even be violent. Episodes tend to get worse over time. Early episodes may involve mild activity. Later episodes can get more violent. RBD is often ignored for years and at some point is likely to result in injury of either the person dreaming or the person sharing their bed. The actions may include any of the following. Shouting, swearing, flailing, grabbing, punching, kicking, jumping, leaping. Leaping. That sounds scary. (laughs) Sleep leaping. How many lords are leaping? Seven? I don't know. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What? Your your mind went from sleep fighting to 12 days of Christmas. Well, yeah. Where else do you hear the word leaping? I don't know, but my mind didn't go 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm wearing that shirt today. It's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Well, I'd like to thank you in advance, Joy, for causing me to have the 12 days of Christmas <laughs> stuck in my head on a loop for the remainder of this episode. Do you possibly know what the song day. has been stuck in my head for the past few days? What song? I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Oh, that's what even worse. The literal heck. Because I went on a rant with Curiosity Curator Sharon this weekend. I was like, this is gross. Like, if a kid saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, the implications in my brain are absolutely natural that who else is watching Santa Claus kiss their mommy? Which then means Santa Claus is just kind of a more gross human who goes from house to house, gets cookies and milk, and kisses everybody's mom, which is just really gross. And then Sharon was like, Joy, the kid's dad is Santa. And I'm like, I don't know. I can't get on board with that. I don't know. I don't know. You're, I'm just your six out kicked here. in and you couldn't you couldn't trust it? No, I couldn't. And she's like, Joy, trust me, it's fine. Like the kid's dad is Santa. And I was like, I I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> so there you go. Natural, normal interactions between me and Curiosity Curator Sharon. All right, so sleepfoundation.org says what we call sleep involves transitions between three different states. Wakefulness, rapid eye movement, which is REM. Um, REM is associated with dreaming and non-rapid eye movement and REM sleep. That sentence is really awkward. Anyway, there are a variety... I followed it, though. Yeah, it's fine. There are a variety of characteristics that define each state, but to understand REM sleep behavior disorder, it's important to know that it occurs during REM sleep. So during this state, the electrical activity of the brain, as recorded by a really cool tool, (laughs) electroencephalogram, it's definitely how it's said, 
looks <laughs> my guitar teacher told me once even if you aren't confident just say it with confidence and everybody will believe you oh yeah i don't necessarily think that's true all the time but it seemed to work um Anyway, this cool thing looks similar to the electrical activity that occurs during waking. Although neurons in the brain during REM sleep are functioning much as they do during waking, REM sleep is also characterized by temporary muscle paralysis. Did you know that? I did know that, as a matter of fact. I did not know that. For most people, even when they're having vivid dreams in which they imagine they're active, their bodies are still. But persons with RBD lack this muscle paralysis, which permits them to act out dramatic and or violent dreams during the REM stage of sleep. Sometimes they begin talking, twitching, and jerking during dreaming for years before they fully act out their REM dreams. So they posted a little bit of history behind like the, the diagnosis and development and research of this disorder. So the first cases of REM sleep behavior disorder was described in 1985 by Mark... Why do I always get all of the weird pronunciations? It's not fair. I do it to myself, though, so I can't complain. I was going to say, you do all the deep dives, so... <laughs> Uh, it was done by Mark Malwald, MD, and Carlos Schneck, MD, of the University of Minnesota. Um, they outlined several case studies of people with RBD. A 77-year-old minister had behave, been, been behaving violently in his sleep for 20 years, sometimes even injuring his wife. Yikes. Ow. A 60-year-old surgeon would jump out of bed during nightmares of being attacked by criminals, terrorists, and monsters. He leaped. He's a lord of leaping. <laughs> oh, a 62-year-old industrial plant manager who was a war veteran dreamt of being attacked by enemy Gosh soldiers. Gosh dang it, Joy. <laughs> I was wondering how far I could go without you. He's <laughs> 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 I didn't think it was that funny, but let's ride this wave while we can. Shoot. Just the, just, just the way you were so chipper. He's a lord of leaping. <laughs> I mean, ah. me. <laughs> it's plausible. Oh. oh, my brain is trying to run away with that one. Why are the lords leaping? That's a great question. Why are there seven of them? That's also this a great question. This song makes no sense. That's true. I don't want that uh. many anythings. <laughs> I don't want French hens. Our I don't lords, want turtle doves. Are lords known for leaping? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my Depends goodness. Depends on how high they are. filter when we record <laughs> which is dangerous it's fine wow <laughs> all right i'm just gonna keep going <laughs> anyway the 62 year old industrial plant manager who is a war veteran dreamt of being attacked by enemy soldiers and he fought back in his sleep sometimes injuring himself a 57 year old retired school principal was inadvertently punching and kicking his wife for two years why would you wait that long Wife, why are you putting up with this for two years during vivid nightmares of protecting himself and family from aggressive people and snakes? Thank you for adding and snakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, RBD can be treated with clonazepam, although the article says that it's a good idea to make sure the bedroom is safe and free of all sharp and breakable objects. Science Daily says that smoking, head injury, pesticide exposure, farming, and less education may be contributing risk factors for RBD. RBD can also be a precursor to neogenerative diseases such as Parkinson's, Parkinson's disease and a type of dementia. And it's list time. List. List. Ways Leslie thinks Mark should propose. Horseback. She should be on. She said on specifically. She should be on a hot air balloon. Does that mean she's sitting on top of it? That feels very hot and very unsafe. I don't think the balloon would actually be able to hold her weight. Yeah, I, I, uh, that's she just would the whole. It. She would whole plummet lot of, through the hot air and get burned in the fire. I man, I don't know about this. I yeah, I don't know if it's possible. That just feels like incredibly complicated logistics, and it would be absolutely terrifying. Come on, Leslie. I mean, have you ever been in a hot air balloon or seen a hot air balloon in real life? I've seen them, yeah. I haven't been in them. 
Um, I, I've actually been in them several times um, because I've been the filmmaker for our hot air, our hot air balloon festival. Um, and they actually do the national competition here in Scott's Bluff, which is wild. That's um, legit. So I've been up in a hot air balloon several times filming out of one. And I mean, I suppose it'd be basically impossible to be on top of one before it inflated or like as it inflated. You'd have to wait until it was fully inflated standing up to get on top of it. But then when you land a hot air balloon, you land the basket and then the first thing that the pilot does is pull the cord so all the air comes out and the canopy just falls over and then deflates so there's no way to get off yeah well here we are i don't think it's feasible whatever grammar's important grammar (laughs) saves lives oh wait she's in a balloon you ride up on horseback you point to the sky up there sky riding marry me Anne. just no stop how do you feel about skywriting as a romantic gesture i mean it's cool but i would rather you use your words and tell me like personal affirmation sure yeah i it feels like a it feels like a flash in the pan you know like it seems like a big gesture but couldn't i mean i don't know i think i would prefer to spending that money on like a nice dinner Right. Let's get an actual experience out of that money. Yeah. Not yeah. just like... Put some vapor in the sky. <laughs> yeah. That'll blow away shortly. Oh, exactly. is that indicative of what our relationship's going to do? Blow away shortly? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, anyway. Um, can you get five eagles? No, ten eagles. Propose on camera tonight. Today. For diabetes. No. Mm. It's, it's another No. No. (laughs) It's a no from me. It's a solid no. Things Nana used to say. You'll sleep when you're dead. Don't work yourself into a lather. Look where it is and you'll find it. Don't put me in a home. Tell the truth and shame the devil. The devil knows where you're hiding. If you take enough rides with the devil, pretty soon he's going to drive. Oh, she was really into the devil. (laughs) Featured telethon talent. Denise Yermley's back, everybody. Oh, I feel like you shouldn't say it like that. (laughs) (laughs) well how should i say it denise yermley's back from the pageant much better (laughs) okay um there's also a plate spinner and or plate breaker um hula hoopers marching band mouse rat they sang the song sex hair which is very interesting um burley did the national anthem of canada and then an all-out endurance hold of a d chord (laughs) Joe, in your expert opinion, how long can you hold a D chord? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, Well, it depends on a lot of factors. Um, Do you have relatively new guitar strings? Mm. Uh, What kind of guitar are you using? How well does it sustain on its own? What kind of effects chain are you plugged into? Uh, Do you have a compressor with sustain on it? Because if that's the case, you can go a lot longer. yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should do an, another experiment on that. So Maybe the answer I, is five? Five, five. minutes? Just seconds? Five. <laughs> five. Just five. I think I should film another experiment like the like the crunch bar. Yeah, go uh, ahead. And post it to the Facebook group. I will build a signal chain specifically for sustaining a chord and then see how long I can sustain a D chord. I support this message. I do have to say, if you're going to try to pick a chord to sustain forever, D chord is a good one because it's open chord with a lot of residents. Resi- There's a lot of residents there. At least <laughs> 20. Five. No, we already used five. You can't use five again. <laughs> what are these rules? You know what? They make sense in my head world. <laughs> Okay, this was an interesting one. This is the last deep dive, which is good because this feels really long. Um, Leslie, don't you remember when Ahmad Rashad proposed to Mrs. Cosby on TV? And I was like, no, I didn't remember that. But Leslie was holding it up as like this glowing example. Um, No, no. This is as bad if not. Nope. No, it is as bad as that Chris Angel video. Um, The New York (laughs) Times has an article all about it. So here's the thing. Ahmad Rashad 
proposed to Felicia using TV as the medium, but she wasn't there. She wasn't on the other side of the broadcast. Like, he said it while he was on the field before a Thanksgiving Day game, and it went to Bob Costas in the studio and another guy. I'm pretty sure it was Bob Costas. I could be wrong. Um, But she was at the Macy's Day Parade. And it felt way more like a media stunt than a a sincere experience. Mm -hmm. So an intern found Felicia and they brought her to the studio and she said yes at halftime. But like TV is still the medium because Ahmad is at the game. Uh huh. It's like, no, this is horrible. And then Rashad asked if Bill Cosby would walk Felicia down the aisle and OJ Simpson was his best man. Wow. So that's a thing. Wow. Um, They got married on December 14th, 1985, and they got divorced in 2001. And I'm not really sure what Leslie's getting at here, because this is not romantic feeling. So, (laughs) I have a a theory about this, about TV proposals. All right. Um, I'm going to say they're kind of like ice-based entertainment. They look great, but it's never a good idea for you to get get invested in. It just went Um, to ice-based level. There's an entire season of the Someone Knows Something podcast that's dedicated to the disappearance of a woman right after she was proposed to on live TV. That's terrifying. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. So let's move on to I Spy. Don't do it, folks. (laughs) I saw a weather picture twice, the same one, twice. And I saw a Pawnee Studios ladder, which was fascinating that they actually spray-painted Pawnee Studios on the ladder. That's commitment right there. Interesting. Quotables. Leslie. Salad sucks. There. I said it. (laughs) Joan. This isn't C-SPAN. This is Local Access 46. Don't blow it. (laughs) Once again, Joan. I love Joan. Perspective. Leslie. There are two types of diabetes, but only one type of caring. Type 1 caring. And tonight, God willing, we will all be stricken like with that. <laughs> and then Donna looks around like, anyone else? Anyone else think that's weird? No? Okay. Uh. Leslie, what do people want to watch? Cute animals on a bike? No time to train one. <laughs> that's just funny to me because I think like that. Somebody throws out something like, oh, cute animals on a bike. And then my brain goes right to, oh, crap. Okay, so then I would have to call that place again in California and see how much it would cost to get a... Maybe a possum riding a bike. I don't know. But it was at least $1,600 without training and travel. <laughs> Shoot. Um, okay. So how much budget do we have? And I just go from A to Z really fast. So That makes me think of, I think it's Ocean's 12 when they're talking about oh, not enough time to train a cat. <laughs> yeah. There's never enough time <laughs> for that. All right. Now we can transition to our likes and dislikes where we discuss what we liked about this episode and what we did not like so much. Joe, it's your turn to talk. I like the way Leslie's voice falters as she reveals she's signed the department up for shifts from 2 to 6 a.m. Yeah. Because <laughs> I would be furious if mm. I was in the department and I found that out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you like this? Yeah, because just the the delivery and the way her voice kind of goes in and out, I thought that was a very well-acted moment. Noted. I like Leslie's quote, no, you're right. It's your life. Get as many eagles as you want. <laughs> I love that she's stuck on the eagles. <laughs> I like that Tom genuinely gets excited when Leslie reveals that she got debt left for the telethon. Uh, for one thing, I feel like Leslie often tries really hard to impress people and it backfires a lot. So it's nice to see her get a win. Uh, And then number two, I know what it's like to have that person in your life who's always withholding on being excited for you and how badly you want to get them Mm -hmm. with that thing that is just so genuinely exciting that they can't stay aloof about it. So this just feels like a cool real life moment. Yeah, that makes sense. And then um, I'm putting this in likes because I'm not really sure where else it goes. We talked a little bit about oversleeping and and sleep deprivation already. Uh, But several different times in my life, I have gone without sleep for 48 hours or longer. Uh, 
Uh, this is somewhat a youth pastor occupational hazard. I've also done this on several of many long road trips. Mm. Uh, I've driven across the country many times. I did a 5,000 mile car camping trip, uh, once uh, all across the East coast and up into the Northeast. Um, I don't recommend it obviously, but you may find yourself in a situation where you have to. I'm going to give you some coaching as a mm. self-proclaimed expert on burning the candle at both ends, uh, how to do this well if you got to do it. I doubt Nutrium bars are the way to go. <laughs> I mean, it worked for Leslie. Because Anne describes they're a block of sugar. Uh, generally, for my approach to this, you want to avoid sugar. Okay. Um, if you have time to plan ahead, if you're in the thick of it, I get it. Any port in a storm. Uh, you also want to avoid heavy foods mm. as digesting them takes energy and it will make you feel sleepy. Uh, Charles Lindbergh famously delayed eating while flying across the Atlantic to help him stay awake. Hmm. Uh, that's always been a detail that fascinated me about the spirit of St. Louis flight. For me, sugar-free Red Bull is the way to go. Preferably the newer variety because it tastes more like the regular Red Bull. Sugar-free Monster is also good. I prefer the tropical or the mango. Nitro cold brew coffee is good and my preference when I can get it. That's the whole thing is its availability. Uh, the whole idea is to play the long game. If you have to stay awake for a long stretch of time, you want to think about you staying awake the entire time, not just, you know, the next five minutes or the next 10 minutes. It's a longevity thing. Uh, so sugar gives you a short term boost, but then you have to fight the waves of crashing after that. So sugar free energy drinks, light savory snacks like nuts or pork rinds are the way to go. Uh, the chewing and crunching gives you something to do, kind of distracts you from being tired and avoiding excess sugar and heavy food prevents you from having to fight off crashes before you're done. Now you know. Not sure who that information is going to be useful for, but I've had plenty of opportunity to practice, and that's my most effective approach. I feel like this is one of our most educational episodes yet. Oh, I know. We are just educating people to the max. Yeah. Sugar high, sugar high, sugar high, sugar high, sugar <laughs> high. Instant sugar high. I've had nothing but fruit and vegetables for two weeks. <laughs> my next like is that the devil knows where you're hiding is such a funny one-off line, it, partially because I want to know the, what the context of Leslie's grandma saying it was. Like, what? why did she say that? Could be anything. Uh, and then my next like is everything about Ron showing up at the telethon. Like him saying, that's horrible. Yep. <laughs> when she tells him when his shift is, and then him saying, if I don't get a solid five, it kills my sunny disposition. Mm -hmm. And then my next like is that Joy... Ever yeah. since you mentioned cars and shows and movies typically not having headrests, I can't unsee it. Yes, I ruined you. <laughs> ba -da -ba -da -ba. And so I noticed that when Tom is driving Detlef, the car doesn't have headrests. Show enough. And then my next like is the scene in which Detlef and Tom both share how tall they are. Yes, that is shot so beautifully. Oh, <laughs> uh, you just see the very top of Tom's head and then he goes, ah! I'm five, six, and three quarters. <laughs> that was great. I love that Jerry gets a switchboard when everyone else has a phone. That was really funny. Of all the things. <laughs> Poor Jerry. I love that we see the snake hole lounge again. Mm -hmm. I love Joan. I love her scene with Leslie and then just her reactions to everything else. <laughs> like with Martin doing the impressions and she's just like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Anne's talking head scene where uh -huh. she, it cuts to her with the Nutrium bar and she says, sugar, it's a block of sugar. And then sugar drunk Leslie slams against the door <laughs> right after that. So good. <laughs> that was such a funny scene. I love April's response to Leslie asking about her and Andy. Mm -hmm. I respect someone who plays their cards close to the vest. Yep. I love her snarky response. I like that Mouse Rat opened their telethon set with sex hair. Yep. And that just made me think about the fact that someone actually had to write these songs. Yep. 
then put music to these songs. And then this band had to actually learn how to play and sing all of these silly Andy Dwyer songs. For sure. And there is a full video version of Sex Hair available on YouTube. Oh, wow. BT dubs. I like the shot of April's face after the break where she's watching Andy's band play. I just noticed, I felt like Aubrey Plaza brought a lot of subtle complexity to that quick shot. Yeah. It's kind of like you can see her mental process where she thinks that he's silly, but she can't help herself in falling for him anyway. Yeah. I just thought that was a nice acting moment. She's pretty great. And then next, Ron's sleep fighting is hilarious. I love that <laughs> Leslie says, oh, that sounds terrible. And Ron goes, only when I'm losing. Yeah, valid. <laughs> Absolutely valid. I love Ron's wisdom. Don't teach a man to fish. Feed yourself. (laughs) He's a grown man. Fishing's not that hard. It's true. (laughs) Yep. And then I like that Burley has actually got pretty good guitar tone. All right, Burley. And then my next like is that I love how excited Ron gets about recaining a chair. His vocal tone sounded like Bob Ross. Yes. And you guessed it over again. (laughs) so good and then barney yes i love barney so much and then my next like is andy sticking up for april when he when he squares up with sewage joe and says no i'm bothering you (laughs) (laughs) i like andy and then purred doing the worm what is not to like about that nothing absolutely nothing and then Leslie's parking job <laughs> and how Anne just takes it in stride. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go inside. And then my last like is, Anne, you draw that mustache. That's right. Get it. All right. That's it for me. There was a lot I liked about this episode. True. What did you like, Joy? The puppy cold open. Ugh. That was just so Such fun. Such a cute puppy. I oh, my know. goodness. Leslie asked Ron if they can keep it. Like, he's dad. Which is really <laughs> right. funny. Like everyone's like, man, can we keep it? <laughs> and then, you know, Andy wishes the dog had tiny puppy shoes because he would totally try them for free. And then Andy's like, I do say the <laughs> cutest stuff. Good awareness, I guess. And then Tom, I'm just a puppy. I ain't done nothing wrong. I'm just a puppy. I like your mustache. I wish I could have one, but I can't. <laughs> And as I was going through and stopping and starting, the puppy makes eye contact with the camera for a hot second as it's licking Ron's mustache, which is hilarious to me. And in the background, really subtly, Andy's face is just like jaw drop astonishment, which I love. Mark, I think I can figure out the right way to ask her. Yes, Mark. You stand up for yourself, Mark. Yes. Get it. Found a typo. In the captions, it says, no, it's your life. But they spelled it Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, which means you are. That's my most hated typo. No, it's you are life. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Grammar (laughs) kills, everybody. Grammar kills. Though Pawnee Cable may not have hair and makeup, they, don't worry, guys, they have a communal lipstick and a box of combs. (laughs) That's just so funny to me. Um, Ron's if he doesn't get a solid five it kills his sunny disposition Um, I love you know Leslie's sugar running into the door I love Barney I love the one but two seats the winding of America video I love (laughs) Anne taking time to figure out what she feels I love Andy standing up for April I love the technical difficulties graphic I don't know if you saw this but it's a raccoon that severed a power cord brilliant and then the song behind it is the girl from uh, Ipanema, tall and tan and young and lovely. And then I don't know if you saw the graphic when Purd was doing the worm. I did. When Ron <laughs> looks at the camera or looks at the TV, <laughs> the graphic says, happily continues to worm. <laughs> oh, that graphics op. So good. And I fully support Anne drawing a mustache on Leslie's face. That's what I like. What we do you We are unified dislike? in our support of the mustache drawing. Yes. All right. I dislike people who let their dogs lick their lips. Yes. Or just their faces excessively. Yeah. Amen. Um, Especially those who don't then wipe it off. Right. Do you know where Um, that dog has licked? Yeah. Do you want Uh, that on your face? 
I mean, I'm a huge dog person, obviously, and I find that weird. That's mm-hmm. just that's that's very weird to me. At one point uh, in my childhood, somebody told me, which was probably one of my friends, which means it was grossly wrong, um, that dog spit was antibacterial. Oh, so I let dogs look me for a very long time until I realized this is not actually. Oh, no, we're fine. Ooh, joy of the past. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, T's and P's. T's and P's. <laughs> My next dislike is Leslie kicking off the episode with an absurd amount of theatricality. Yelling fire, fire, fire in yeah. a public building? Nope. I mean, this just feels like the Photoshop picture of Jerry thing. Yep. Only worse. Absolutely. My next dislike is Denise Yermley. You don't like her? Oh, no, I do not. Why? <laughs> uh, lots of reasons. Okay. Uh, okay. You can, you can have your reasons. Partially because when she sings the song, first of all, I'm just not crazy about that song, Sweet Dreams Are Made Of This. It's because the rhyming scheme bugs me. And I feel like I have heard a few versions of the song where they change this to these. And that makes a little more sense to me. But that just that that whole thing just sticks out and bugs me for some reason. Sweet Dreams Are Made Of This feels clunky. Yeah, it's fine. We're fine. Uh, my next dislike is Andy when he when they get bumped up in the lineup and then he says sweet headlining I just feel like kicking things off isn't headlining yeah no you're the opener (laughs) Uh, and then I dislike Leslie's type one caring line yeah it feels so Uh unoriginal Mm. drives me nuts and then I just have one in here for poor Jerry because this episode just shows that he's so good at so many things. He he's really a classical is. pianist. He's a magician. Yep. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. And then I hard dislike Leslie pressuring people who are supposed to be her best friends into a marriage proposal for a freaking local access cable telethon. Yep. That is a signal someone's not actually your friend. Mm. And then Mark says it. He trusts her. Why? You shouldn't, Mark. You deserve better. The signs are all pointing pointing to no, Mark. Yeah. No. No. Uh, and then my last dislike is Leslie trying to be a good friend to Anne while she's trying to organize a telethon proposal behind her back. So many issues. Yeah. Them's my issues. What did you dislike, Joy? Bulldozer Leslie for all the... For all the same reasons that you said. Um, Okay, so Leslie runs in yelling, fire, fire, fire. Um, It's another planned dramatic entrance. Drives me nuts. Leslie signed everyone up for multiple shifts, and it's tonight. So this is another example of Leslie just assuming that no one has a life and that she has the right to rule their lives for a volunteer event. Mm -hmm. What? Leslie then tries to get everybody in the mood. Like, no, no. Stop it. Um, Her t-shirts, like, okay, whatever. Four hours to come up with the slogan, four hours to embroider them. That seems excessive, but let's diabetes. (laughs) Um, Tom's primary driver in this episode is boosting his image, which is really irritating to me. Um, Like, he says his truth. Like, he can't make it to the telethon because he has no interest in being there, which is fine. Until suddenly there's this opportunity for him to interact with a celebrity. It's like true to his character, but also like, ugh, whatever, Tom, I'm over you. <laughs> Why does Mark keep telling Leslie things when she's just going to overpower him every time? Like, stop it. Yeah, I, I had that thought, too. The next thing I dislike highly is the two shot of Joan and Martin prior to Leslie's segments is out of focus driving me nuts the focus is just a little too far on the background behind them and so they're blurry that's like video 101 focus um the last thing i dislike is joe from sewage he's up to his waist and hot shiz sniz whatever he said i don't even want to look that up i'm not gonna look that up i can't do it i can't i don't want to know what i'm gonna find because i can't do joe from sewage that is all 
it's probably a safe approach. Thank you so much. I do have boundaries, and that is one of them. All right, and now it's time for the coronation of the beautiful rule-breaking moth, the segment in which we choose one specific thing that was the breakout star of the episode. Joy, who or what is your beautiful rule-breaking moth? I'm just so proud of the Parks crew for showing up and, like, actually engaging with this, even though they were signed up without their consent. How about you? I'm, I think I'm going to go with Detlef. Why? Oh, why? I just think he's got a very approachable, fun mm. energy in this episode where he's he's almost like an everyman because he's got a very mild personality. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you just really want to be around him. Like he really would be a lot of fun to hang out with. He's almost like a he's got like a Tony Hawk vibe. You're totally right. Where he just feels like a normal, down-to-earth, fun guy, but at the same time, you really want to be around him, and he seems really cool. Yeah, good pick. Now it's time for Shaming of the Jerry, part of the show where we shame one particular thing for bringing the episode down or being unnecessarily annoying. Joe, who's your Jerry? Mine is the fact that Anne and Mark's already beleaguered relationship got the pressure of having a telethon proposal put on it. Yep. That poor relationship. No, makes me sad. We know this. Joy, what's your Jerry? Leslie's assumption that everybody wants to volunteer to do this telethon. I don't like it when people sign me up for things without my consent. Oh, absolutely not. All right, and now it's time for the awarding of the Lil' Sebastians, the ceremony in which we rate each episode against the entire catalog of Parks and Recreation episodes by awarding it between one and five Lil' Sebastians. One obviously being the lowest, and five representing perfection, the most magical episodes of all time. So, Joy, how many Lil' Sebastians would you rate Telethon? Three. It's... I, like, I feel like I should rate it higher... But it feels like a three, like it was good, but not quite favorite level yet. So go with your gut. How about you? Mine's a three as well. Do you know what that means? It's right down the middle of the line. Oh, yeah. This one is a burrito. Breakfast burrito. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot we did that. (laughs) Yep. This one's a breakfast burrito. It's perfectly pleasant. It's right down the line. Nothing terrible about it. Nothing amazing, amazing about it. Not worth falling in the river for. Yeah. No. And now it's time to ask that all-important question. Where, where in the, in world, the is world is John Ralphio? Yeah. As always, this segment is for episodes in which the character is not featured, in which we speculate where he might be and what he might be doing. Joy, where do you think John Ralphio is? I searched deep into my soul, and my soul told me... JR is attempting to bartend at the Snake Hole Lounge, which is why Tom was so drunk, because JR didn't put light beer in those bottles. Okay. What do you think? I think he was supposed to have a segment doing something during the telethon, but he walked through the room where Ron was sleeping, got punched in the face, and knocked out. Oh my gosh, yes! (laughs) Either way, he's sabotaging this episode. Yeah. What a jerk. <laughs> All right, I do have a We Got Jammed. Oh, we got it's jammed. An, it's an update, though. So after we recorded last week's episode, um, Joshua Biggs from Carmel, Indiana, who is a community preservation specialist, um, he called me and gave me a bunch more information about landmarks. Um, so these small things... Um, he calls himself the guidance counselor for people who love old buildings. <laughs> so he held up a lot of what we had already found out. Um, and the one thing like to add on top of it that was interesting is he said there's an incorrect assumption that preservationists are anti-development. They're pro-development, but looking to preserve and restore what's left. And so the question then is how to guide others to design new buildings in a way that still beautifies their surroundings. Interesting. So he is um, a preservation specialist in Indiana. So if you want to learn more about what Joshua Biggs said, uh, check out our show notes on Patreon. 
Wow. Thanks, Very Joshua. cool. Yeah, Josh, thanks so much. This is fascinating stuff. All right, and now it's time for Johnny Karate's Karate Moves to Success, an inspirational segment in which we apply the karate moves to success in our own lives. And Joy, you have a make something I this week. I made something. And I know what it is because I saw it on your stories, and it was awesome. It really was. There's an artist on Facebook I've seen several times who does um, art with gravity and centrifugal force, which... I love so he will um, have a canvas and he'll take um, a container of paint and like screw screw nope drill a hole in the top and the bottom um, try tie a string to the handle of the paint can put it on the ceiling and let the paint can go and it makes spirograph type designs so mm -hmm. I've wanted to try that for a really long time so I did it this weekend so curiosity curator Sharon, um, my friend Sarah, and I did this pendulum painting and it was so fun. Yeah, it looked so cool in the videos that you shot. Yeah, it was mesmerizing. Um, Sarah and Sharon just sat there and watched. And I was like, you guys want to jump in? They're like, no, this <laughs> is great. <laughs> so that's a thing. What are you going to karate chop, Joe? Uh... This was this was when I, I decided I was going to shoot from the hip on, and I've mentioned it before. It feels tired, but allergies, stinking allergies, man. Yeah. Ugh, they're so bad. Both me and my wife's allergies have just been terrible. Breathing and I'm is important. so ready, so ready for some hard freezes for the pollen to go away, so I can just live my life again. Totally, I'm going to karate chop the yawns because no matter how interested I am in things. The longer I stare at a screen, the more I just yawn, and it's driving me nuts. Hmm. Very frustrating. Who are you going to be nice to, Joe? So this week for my Be Nice, I have a TV show recommendation. Okay. Very excited about this one. This recommendation is for the show Cobra Kai on Netflix. I saw the trailer for that, and it's actually interesting. Oh, it's so good. What so a I cool premise. Yes, I actually watched the show when it came out as a YouTube premium um, several years ago, and I, I was so excited for it. I was I was on board and and totally pumped from the first trailer I saw. I knew it was going to be fantastic, and it absolutely is. It's so good, especially if you watched the Karate Kid movies as a kid. Which I mean, who didn't? Uh, I loved those movies. I was obsessed with them when I was a kid, and so. Having watched those movies when I was about the age of Daniel and, and Johnny in the movies and now being an adult and seeing them as adults in Cobra Kai, it just makes the experience that much more special. But it's still a great show, uh, even if you are only a little bit familiar with what The Karate Kid is. Um, and the way that they brought the concept of Karate Kid, because they were you know a little bit cheesy and reminiscent of the 80s martial arts movies even at the time. And so the way that they kind of acknowledge that, but still ground certain aspects of it in reality, and the way that they balance things of the moment with nostalgia is just pitch perfect. Fantastic. Um, season one especially is is literal perfection. I would give it a 10 out of 10. Dang. It's so It's so well done. The way that they flip-flop and play on who's the hero and who's the villain, and instead of being just one-note characters like they were kind of portrayed as in the movies, they bring complexity and depth and humanness to both Johnny and Daniel in a way that is just really special and it works really well. It addresses topics like everything from fatherhood to cyberbullying and PC culture and everything. It's so well done. Um, season two was solid as well. I thought it went a little bit off the rails. Um, it was a little harder for me to suspend my disbelief. It was still solid. It was still fun. Um, and I'm sure that my impression of season two will be a little bit colored by season three when it comes out and how well it handles um how things were left at the end of season two but i highly i can't recommend this show enough it is fun it is light-hearted it is sometimes surprisingly meaningful just so well done cobra kai on netflix now watch it you just gave it like 
its own podcast, basically. I love Cobra Kai so much. All right, I'm going to keep moving. Um, shout out to a friend of the show, Caitlin. Uh, she agreed to let me interview her for my upcoming podcast, which was super oh, fun. She's in Israel. That's, so thanks, Caitlin. That's so exciting. That's going to be fantastic. Yep, there you go. We're done. We are done. Well, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We talked about our Patreon at the beginning of the show, so I'm not going to go into detail on that here. Just a reminder, head over to our Patreon. Check it out, patreon.com slash parksandrewatch for a lot of extra fun stuff. You can also follow us on Instagram at rewatchparks. You can shoot us email at rewatchparks at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the show, we would just love it if you would leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. And check out our Facebook group. Did you say that? Did I miss that? I always forget one thing. It's different every time. But it's our I Facebook group. It's thing. my favorite place ever. It is fantastic. We have a little bit of a challenge going on right there now based on last week's episode. It's pretty great. Yep. So we look forward to seeing your Marissa get the French fries videos. <laughs> All right. And with that, we say... Bye. Bye.